folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello and welcome to the Fast and the Curious post-Australian Grand Prix debrief with the team principal, me, Greg James, and Christian Hugill. My God, Christian, this <laughs> sport is absolute nonsense and I love it. It's glorious barking mad chaos, isn't it? I had a really nice time watching that this morning. I was really hoping it wasn't going to be rubbish because I dragged myself out of bed after five hours sleep, but it wasn't. This is a Formula One podcast hosted by Christian Hugill, Betty Glover, who is on other sporting assignments today, uh, and me, team principal. But I really want to just pick your brains because mm. you got up and watched it, as you just said. Mm. I waited, like lots of people did, for a more sociable hour. So I got up about half past 10-ish and then started watching it. And I really was, I was very pleased with myself that I've managed to, um, to avoid all spoilers and all things because even on the Sky thing, it shows you, it says who wins sometimes yeah like, we're trying to <laughs> i guess there's, there's always a balance isn't there between wanting people to watch it and wanting people to watch it excitedly but anyway when i'm trying to hide the result i properly like go into hiding like my phone goes on do not disturb like you cannot contact me if i haven't seen an f1 race there are so many questions that have come in for us on this podcast for you specifically the problem with this race is it's very difficult to sum it up in headlines that aren't just boring. But the, the, the boring facts of it are, Christian, that a very exciting podium for many reasons that nerds would particularly love. Uh, yeah, I'm just making sure my maths are right. Seven, ten, eleven world championships between the three people on the podium. And the first time since uh, Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen shared a podium in what I believe was Hungary 2018, I think, the first time that three world champions have stood on the podium with Max Verstappen first, Sir Lewis Hamilton second, Fernando Alonso third. We must say well done to Max because despite all the chaos, he showed why he's a world champion. He had to keep his cool under three race restarts. But that, as you say, doesn't really tell the whole story, does it? And it's also so brilliant to have three of the most famous drivers, arguably of all time, still really good Mm. and still potentially able to win races because we're only, it's only early season, isn't it? Lots can happen. 20 races still to go. That's round three of 20. The season runs all the way until December. So yeah, we're really early days. And what's lovely is the three races so far this season as Formula One races in their own right have been really entertaining. We did say that Melbourne has the potential to be chaotic but you could never have predicted the mayhem that ensued in that race. So pretty from the off, really, I mean, actually from the off, wasn't it, Christian? So can you just walk us through the incidents that happened? Yeah. So off the line, Max Verstappen got a bad start. He fell behind George Russell, who led the race, and Lewis Hamilton, who was second. There was drama straight away because Charles Leclerc went out the race. He touched Lance Stroll into the first corner. He was out of the race straight away. Uh, That brought out a safety car. They got going again. The second crash of the race was Alex Albon in the Williams at turn six. This just shows you why Formula One drivers are superhuman because Alex's mistake and that he was flying this weekend. His pace was amazing. He was getting so much out of the Williams. He was running really high up in the points and he made the tiniest mistake, he said in his post-race interview, the corner before, which put him a tiny bit out of shape into turn six. He lost it and 
heavily hit the barriers and was out of the race. The tiniest mistake, the biggest of consequences. There was uh, a, a very small moment in the the little waiting room that Max Lewis and Fernando were waiting in to go on to the podium. I don't know what that room's called. They tend to call it the cool-down room. The cool-down room. Well, that's appropriate for what I'm going to say because there was a little bit of audio you could hear. It wasn't a major bit, but Max said that the safety car was going so slowly at one point that they were really, really struggling to keep the tyres warm because I think the track had cooled quite quickly because the sun was setting. Yeah. But he said it was like ice. So I, it, and it looked like that when Alex spun off. It looked like he was driving on ice. It just sort of everything went from underneath it. Desperately unlucky. So yeah, gutting for Alex. It really was. But that was when the first red flag happened. We've had people messaging us. What what is look? What is a red flag? A yellow flag is when there is a is a hazard on track. If it's particularly bad, there might be a virtual safety car where the drivers can only go a certain speed and they get on their dashboard a little limit that they have to hit. The next step up from that is a, is a full safety car where the safety car comes out and they have to stay behind. The ultimate thing to stop a race is a red flag. The red flag means it's too dangerous to carry on. The race is stopped. The race is paused. Everybody goes into the pits. Or if the accidents happen in the pits, everybody just, uh, lines up on the start finish straight. So the first red flag happened because of Alex Albon's crash and the marshals seemed to make the decision that there was so much gravel and debris on the track in a high speed part of the track that they had to call the red flag. You wouldn't want a situation where driving at 120, 130 miles per hour through that part of the circuit, someone hit Alex's debris, had a puncture and had a nasty crash. There's people who have said that that first red flag was totally unnecessary. We don't see the data that the marshals have and, and sort of marshals eyes on the ground. So let's play it safe with safety. There was the first red flag. After that, it sort of calmed down a little bit. But then George Russell retired from fourth place a few laps after the restart with an engine failure. But it was an engine, say engine failure, but it was actually on fire. Oh yeah, it was a bit, it was a big one. Just adding to the drama of it, I mean, suddenly just balls of flame coming out of the back of his engine, the back of his exhaust. Properly up in smoke. He still remained very, very calm and cool. Hopped out, walked away, like beckoned someone over because he saw the flames and the smoke and everything. But then walked, I don't know if you saw this, walked back to his car, grabbed the, grabbed the steering wheel and walked off. It's so funny how things become so normal in Formula One. Your 200 mile an hour racing machine is literally in a ball of flames. And George is like, well, just grab the steering wheel. Make sure that doesn't get damaged. Yes, it's on fire. Don't worry about that. All fine here. Told you to leave your blazers and your phones and your pens and everything when there's a fire alarm at school. Do you remember that? You're not allowed to go back into the classroom. I do remember that. In fact, my brother's a firefighter and told someone off for trying to go in and rescue their car the other week. I'd love to know what your brother thinks of George going back to the burning wreckage and to collect his steering wheel. Don't think he'd approve, Greg. But anyway, the race then sort of calmed down for a little bit and became, it wasn't boring, but it was sort of a normal race for a bit. But at the end, Kevin Magnussen in his Haas ran wide at the first chicane, tagged the wall, it broke the wheel rim, caused a puncture, left debris all across the track, they red flagged it, and this is where it's quite controversial because there was only a few laps left. So again, they red flagged. Again, they went back into the pits and it meant that we were going to have a sort of two lap mega short sprint race. We asked for questions on Instagram and on Twitter and Jack says, are the FIA prioritising the show with safety with the lap 55 red flag? Listen, 
safety is always a priority. As I just said earlier in the podcast about the previous red flag, I still think that that was, you know, better throw caution to the wind. But I don't think we can be in a situation where it's because, oh, we, we can't go racing because of it. The teams have agreed unofficially with the FIA, which runs the sport, that there's a sort of unofficial convention to try and finish the race under racing conditions if possible. So the teams don't want to be finishing behind the safety car if it can be avoided. So when there was chaos with Kevin Magnussen, they thought, right, let's get everyone into the pits. There's only, there was three laps left, but the, uh, the what was the new formation lap to sort of get out the pits and go round again, that is one lap. So there would have been two racing laps left. There was, and then when they did the next restart... There was absolute chaos at the start with, I mean, it was utter chaos. The two Alpines came together and took each other out of the race. Incredibly unfortunate. There's been a lot of people, I mean, we love Alpine on this podcast, and there's been a lot of people saying that because Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon had in the past sort of had a bit of a rivalry that they would that they would take each other out. It wasn't like that. It was so unfortunate. There was drama all over the place. And Pierre clipped Esteban and the two went out in a nasty crash. There was also Carlos Sainz, charging into Fernando Alonso. You'd got Lance Stroll going off. And that was because, Greg, as you said earlier, they'd been behind the safety car, they'd driven around for that, and the tyres were so cold. So I don't think it was too dangerous. I I think the FIA got it right. And I think they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. But I think they got that one right. I don't remember seeing that many red flags in my life as a human watching Formula One. They're not that common are they they're not that common they're becoming slightly more common because as i say the fia want to rather than do loads of laps behind the safety car and lose laps they want to stop the race have a red flag so we actually get to go racing again which to me makes sense it does make sense but jack does make that point then maybe jack's point does have some credence because he is saying are they prioritizing the show it's like the show because actually it does make it better to watch the a restart is fantastic the start of a grand prix is arguably the best bit of the grand prix so let's have some more of them they are doing it to improve the show and i totally understand jack's point However, I don't think it's too dangerous. These guys are the best in the world. There was a bit of a situation where the FIA was sort of saying, right, well, we've red flagged it and there's only three laps left. What do we do? And there was sort of 15, 20 minutes where David Croft, the Sky commentator, people like me who've watched every F1 race for 20 years, none of us knew what they were going to do. And the FIA were having to sit and decide what to do. Uh, At that point, my friend Chris, who went out last night, is a big F1 fan, but he went out last night and I wasn't sure whether Chris was going to make it to watch the race, sent me this voice note. The FIA are making their mind up. And then they're going to speed it up. Or are they going to slow it down? The FIA are making their mind up. <laughs> well, look, that actually, it does raise an interesting point, which is it must be very stressful being the race directors and the race, whatever they're called, stewards or whatever, because they have to make very quick decisions about very expensive machines. And those decisions can therefore can be very expensive oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to the sport. It's you know? one of those sports where there are so many different things that could possibly happen. You can write down all the things you think will cover off all bases, but you still end up in situations like this where it's like, well, this isn't 
this hasn't happened before. This is unprecedented. So there is always an element of slightly making your mind up, making it up as you go along. I think it was entertaining. It's great chaos. I thought it was great entertainment and sport, let's remember, should should be entertainment. And also the other thing is the right driver won. I think if if it was the case of everyone crashed and Lando Norris took the took podium, everyone would go, not probably not the most fair things happened there. Yes, today it was the right winner. I think the rules were applied in the right way. I think the FIA did everything they could today and I, and I I really sympathize with them. I think they did everything they could. The FIA have made their mind up. As I was watching the two Alpines spin off into the barriers and the cars explode into oblivion. <laughs> Everyone was fine, we should Everyone say. Was fine. It was pretty dramatic though. Those cars, because they're going at such speed and they are so finely made that they, they do disintegrate, don't they? And they're sort of made to actually. They're sort of made to absorb the impact rather than stay rigid. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right, yeah. As I was watching those Alpines, I thought, I wonder whether the stakes in Formula One are too high. <laughs> You know, it's. I mean, we always talk about fine margins in sport, and you know, a little mistake can cost you this. But that's like that's a whole wasted trip to Australia for that entire team on one ridiculous moment, which was an accident. And it's just, I, I was watching it, going, God, I'd be so pissed off if I'd gone all the way to Melbourne and just not finish. Well, Charles Leclerc, first quarter. Right. You know, yeah, it's literally the first corner, and he's gone all the way around the world. I think the stakes too. The stakes too high. I think. I think maybe that's it. Maybe I find this 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 sport is too much for me. Greg's retiring after three <laughs> Grand Prix. Well, I like. Well, I think the thing about cricket is you get a second go. You get a second innings. You've got you know you've got ten other batters that can come in. You can change the bowler. Yeah. I thought that's a bit like just in the 89th minute of a football match, just going. All right, just just had an idea, guys. We're gonna we're just gonna wipe all the goals and we're just going to do we're just going to do one more minute and see what happens <laughs> but and they'd be like it's 4-0 mate I'm sorry the race directors have said that actually we're going to wipe the score it just makes it more interesting but I get this all the time when there's big races and big moments and lots of new people are watching like today with safety cars so you can be 45 seconds out the front in the lead yeah. the safety car happens everybody has to slow down behind the safety car and your entire race his work is undone. As I say, it's the equivalent of being 4-0 up in football and they go, hang on, stop, and you go back to 1-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is Formula 1 and it's why we love it and it's, it is fine margins. And again, Pierre just not quite seeing Esteban wipe the two of them out in a massive crash. So there was the third restart. Okay. <laughs> to, to check, check that I'm not following this incorrectly. There was the third restart. Mm-hmm. The two Alpines crashed out. Carlos Sainz clipped Fernando Alonso. There were other things happened. People spun out. It was an absolute mess. CJ Hammersley says, why did they not take that as the final standings then? It, I mean, it would have been unfair. But aside from that, what's the technical reason that they went back and said, OK, we're going to go back to the positions that were before the last restart? <laughs> we are getting technical here, so bear with me. Formula One tracks are split into thirds, three sectors. At a race start, if the race is stopped before reaching sector two... So if you don't get out of the first third of the track and the race is stopped, then the race is effectively restarted. You've got to be in the second sector in order for that result to stand. So when the race had been restarted, yes, for a third time, it's a restart. Because the cars hadn't got into sector two and the red flag was called, when they restarted the race for the final time, they put the result back to what it was 
before all the chaos. And that is why at the very end of the race, when they only had one lap left, so they came out of the pits to finish the race. But yes, it was a formation lap. So they finished under the safety car. The results had gone back to before that final red flag. It is complicated. There's no getting around it, but it is complicated. Um, and, And it goes back to Silverstone last year. There was another example of this. Mm. There was a big, big crash at the start of the British Grand Prix. The race was red flagged and stopped. But again, they hadn't reached sector two. So when the race was restarted, it reverted back to the order from before the crash. Now, that brings us on to Izzy's question on what are your opinions on Carlos Sainz's penalty? Because they put the race back, but Carlos punted off Fernando Alonso, but still found himself with a five second penalty. Unfortunately, that can't just be wiped from history because Carlos has still caused a crash. That crash did happen. Yes, the result has been put back, but it's not like we go, well, forget that. It didn't happen because that could have ruined, that could have taken Fernando Alonso out of the race. So they're they're making it up. They're making it up as they go along. And I love it. I I think it's great. There is an element of that. There's an element of that because, I mean, lots of variables and lots of things can happen. So many variables. But if they're saying... Okay, guys, we're going to forget that. Remember where you were before. And then Carlos is going, oh, for f- well, what? can we all forget about the crash then? Yeah. If we're, if we're forgetting about that, can we all forget about everything else? Sorry, why are you... And he actually said that. He was sat in his car and I saw it on telly. He was sat in his car and was like, guys, guys, please, please, can we just think about this before... Da, 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 whatever. And so that so that, that remained then, that, that, that penalty. Yes. So, yes, that result didn't stand, but the mistake from Carlos still happened. So, unfortunately... I think that is a fair penalty. He did go in too hot. It's very understandable. Tyres were cold, as we've discussed, but he went in too hot. He hit Fernando. That could have ended Fernando's race. He was Fernando was lucky it didn't. I think Carlos's five-second time penalty was probably justified, and that's why Carlos lost his points. And I'll tell you what, let's just do a final question before we move on to some better news. Uh, from Holmes Killer 14 we've spoken on this podcast about people like Esteban Ocon, and Fernando Alonso in the previous races getting penalties for not being in their grid boxes properly. There was lots of pictures of Max Verstappen with his front wing over his grid box on one of the race restarts. And lots of people on Twitter were saying, why wasn't that a penalty? The reason being is you are classed as being out of your grid box if your tyres are over the white line, not your front wing. Right. So his tyres were on the line. He couldn't have been any further forward, but they were on the line. So no, Max was, like all true champions, right up to the limit, but not over it. His front wing being over it looked confusing, and it confused me. I wasn't sure of this. I had to look it up. But no, you can go up to the line with your tyres, not with your front wing. So yeah, do you think we've covered all of the chaos? It is confusing, but we've done our best, haven't we? Yeah, I think we have. No, I think I think brilliantly. I think it's been really fascinating to talk about it. And can I just say, maybe I'm a sicko, but I thoroughly enjoyed the whole race. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I loved it. And it was good fun chaos. It was enjoyable chaos. And we can end on a positive because we always like to keep an eye on our, our favourites on the podcast. And we have even got into the regular habit of having producer Jimmy with, ready with the effect. McLaren News! <laughs> and today... We've got some truly brilliant McLaren news because not only do McLaren have their first points of the season with Lando finishing sixth, but also scoring his first ever world championship points at the Grand Prix that he grew up just a few miles from with eighth place and four world championship points. 
the star of one of our early episodes, Oscar Piastri. And Oscar spoke to us about how he used to grow up hearing the cars on race weekends from just down the road from his house. And he scored his first ever World Championship points at his home Grand Prix. How special is that? A lovely... Betty always says, oh, I love sporting stories. What a lovely little sporting story. We are delighted for Oscar. And some breaking news on that. I can exclusively reveal that McLaren have said to us, Greg, look behind you. Pizza. Oh my God, Bellas has brought in some cheese straws. Oh, cheese straws, not pizza. Please, please, please. Can you tell Christian the words that you use (laughs) when you're watching some of the action on the Melbourne Grand Prix? Bella, Greg's wife, entering the podcast. This is what she said. She was watching all the madness and I said, are you enjoying this? And you looked over to me and you said... This is silly. (laughs) She's right. It is. It's dodgems. It's dodgems. It's silly. Dodgems for rich people. Dodgems for rich people. That's what you should call the podcast. <laughs> we, uh, Bella, we had worse name suggestions. I would really like some alternative commentary with my boyfriend Ooh. Steve and your wife Bella. I think that would be hilarious. Oh my god, she'd be am- they they would be amazing together. Uh, where yeah. were we before cheese straws? So yes, sorry, we're, we're about to say um, Oscar Piastri, McLaren. Are you saying that he's going to be on? Uh, I have had word from McLaren that we hope to speak to him on the phone within the next week or so. It is not a hundred percent confirmed. But we are trying to get Oscar Piastri to come back to the Fast and the Curious to talk about that wonderful news, which will be amazing. So, yeah, well done, Oscar. A lovely story out of today. Uh, eighth place. And he, he qualified in 16th. Amazing. Sergio went from 20th to 5th. So some brilliant drives up and down the grid. But but we're particularly pleased for Oscar. For eight. I mean, you know, McLaren want more than points. They want to be up there fighting for wins. But... Step in the right direction. Yeah, step in the right direction. Mm, it's looking good, though. You want these big, famous teams to be in the running, don't you? Because, you know, a, a healthy McLaren is a is a healthy sport because they've got such heritage. But what I really loved about watching Oscar drive is he looked like he was having such a great time. He, he was just couldn't believe it. And he would have felt so comfortable being at home and surrounded by his friends and family. All his, his social media this week has been really sweet and loads of like good hometown welcome and... The crowds have been amazing from he's being interviewed on the local news and all the rest of it. He just seems to have just lapped it up. And speaking of those crowds, Greg, we had so many people messages on Thursday and Friday from Australia saying they listened to the podcast in Australia. And there was a few who were going to their first ever Grand Prix. And there was a few in particular who were listening amazing. to us while queuing to get into Albert Park. One that of, is mad. It's amazing, isn't it? One of those was Megan from Melbourne. So I just got home from my first Grand Prix. It was absolutely amazing the whole weekend. Um, qualifying yesterday, the whole crowd was cheering every time someone put it in like the top five. Such a fun atmosphere. And then obviously today as well, everyone was really happy. There was a real mix of people that people were supporting in the stands especially at the end like we didn't necessarily know what was going on the whole time but I think people didn't want to see the race ending under safety car um so when that third red flag happened we were chanting one more lap one more lap like we wanted the race to you know finish not under safety car but obviously we understood that for safety reasons it had to happen but yeah an amazing weekend and from a personal perspective too obviously really happy for McLaren double points because Lando is my favorite driver and Oscar obviously is a fellow Melbourneian and I think everyone in the stands as well was really excited to see Oscar get those points I really enjoyed that for Megan and it's like the sort of like when you're at a gig one more song that's kind of like calling for an F1 encore as if that race hadn't gone on for long enough well look give it give it another another season and I feel like the FIA might bring that in yeah it's quite possible right so what we're, what we're going to do now is you've got the top three 
and, and they're going to go again and race again, <laughs> but they're going to do the circuit in reverse. <laughs> like Mario Kart mirror mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and look, let's just let's stop beating around the bush. FIA, they want to make the Grand Prix more like Mario Kart. And actually, I'm up for it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and as I say, they have a hard job. And today it was chaos. F1 often is. It's a complicated sport. We've done our best to explain it. If anything's unclear... Keep your messages coming in. You know how to find other social channels. They're all in the description should you need them. Keep questions coming in and we'll we'll come back to them if there's anything still unclear on the next podcast. I say, well, we hope to have Oscar on. We'll do a bit more of an Aussie Grand Prix debrief. I will actually want to do one more quick question from Fiona, who says, how do they make the decision as to whether to restart with a standing or rolling start? So if ever you're in this position again, you will know there will always be a standing start unless there's a particular reason why there can't be. For example, it's too wet and dangerous. It's too rainy and dangerous. Or in this situation, it had to be a rolling start because it was the very final lap. There was no more racing to do. So the standing start would have had to be go and you're done. Thank you very much. So yeah, that was why there was a rolling start to finish the race. A rolling start to finish the race. That concludes how barking mad batshit crazy that race was but i had a lovely time it, formula one is mad and sometimes you've just got to go yeah do you know what it's barking mad and we'll roll with it we'll enjoy it and we'll try our best to explain it so i hope we've done that and more breaking news for you i've just heard from our mercedes friends Ooh. mercedes friends <laughs> and uh with a z obviously mm. uh george is up for doing something next week so we're gonna get george russell back on the podcast asap lovely so there you go in the coming episodes george russell and oscar piastri all being well how exciting as the season hots up so does the podcast. Boom. And if you haven't heard the Oscar Piastri chat, it will put everything into context, really. It will make the end of the uh, Grand Prix today uh, even sweeter. Listen back to episode three of the podcast. That is on the Fast and the Curious feed. Make sure you are subscribed so that when we do a little ad hoc episode, it just pops into your phone um, automatically. Thanks for listening. Christian, thank you for your insight as ever. Thank you, Jimmy, for um, producing on a Sunday. And uh, love to Betty. We'll catch up with her next time. And please come back next time on The Fast and the Curious. Goodbye for now. I'll come back. I'm happy to do that. (laughs) The FIA have made their mind up.